mean, you've been putting in work for so long. Putting in a lot of work. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Putting in Work, episode 117 of the Interview Podcast on the 8-Bit Collective. I'm your host, John O'Peck, and we are powered by Audio Technica. This week, we have a very talented man on the show, Jesse Wright, a Melbourne artist, graphic designer. Anyone who went to PAX Australia last year may have seen his work at the Audio Technica booth. He had a huge design across the booth there that was also featured on some 8-bit crossover t-shirts with Audio Technica, really cool stuff. But he's also designed for pro wrestling tees. He's got a huge passion for wrestling and has been able to do a whole lot of designs for especially New Japan wrestling merchandise. But also the beer company Young Henry's and some work for the Foo Fighters events for Neil deGrasse Tyson and Edward Snowden of all people so he's landing some pretty big work and it all started from a background in illegal spray painting graffiti street art all of that kind of stuff that led him down the path towards a legit career in advertising but eventually finding his own way to pursue self-expression and art and that's going solo doing what he's doing now and it's really cool to see that paying off for him because you know huge risk for anyone to go solo and freelance their way into an art career he's doing it and he's doing it really well but i'll let him tell that story here he comes it's jesse wright enjoy the show jesse thank you for joining me it's great to have you on the podcast no thanks for having me it's a pleasure you've uh, have you done many recordings like this nothing like this no nothing like sit down i've only done one before it was yeah. for um adobe i was doing like a live drawing session a couple of weeks ago no i think this is my first podcast awesome yeah. I'll um I'll be gentle. So <laughs> for people who, who don't know a lot about you, it looks like you've had a fairly prolific body of work over recent years, but were you always Thanks, interested in art? Did you study it? Where, what's the origin story? Yeah, I've kind of always been into art. Like ever since I was a kid, I just always had a pencil in my hand and stuff. And when I was a kid, I wanted to like draw political drawings for, like the newspaper and stuff. So I was always kind of be allowed to to pursue art as a career so it was never really like you have to be a doctor you have to be a, a physio i don't know whatever <laughs> so i've always yeah. like had that as an option but yeah I, um i've always kind of had that bit of artistic flair hey just always wanted to do something yeah. creative and yeah okay so were you looking at different options as far as careers go as you you know were getting towards the end of high school um when i left high school i had no idea what i wanted to do when i was at high school i was a pretty prolific graffiti writer and probably got in trouble for doing some damage to some trains and stuff probably more than i like to, to boast about but i was kind of heading down that kind of path when i left high school and i was like yeah i'm just going to be the best graffiti writer in the world and then after a couple of stints with the with the cops i decided to give that up and maybe chase a legal side of it where i started getting offered to mm. to get paid for some of the stuff that i was doing like i was never really into like proper tagging it was more into like taking my time on a wall and then so once started people like people started seeing that they were like hey can we pay you to to do something in on my wall and then i saw a bit of an interest yeah. there but i don't think it was until i was like 25 until i started pursuing like street art as a proper career i um mm, you went legit yeah <laughs> it took a while for me to kind of realize that it was a real job to be honest um <laughs> i think like around like 21 and stuff i was like I was like floating in and out of jobs, like managing bars and managing warehouses and just doing just shit kicker stuff. And then I, um, yeah, I started getting offered to get paid for these, these walls that I had, you know, quote unquote portfolio for. Yeah. Then I started taking that up and started taking that a little bit serious. And at the same time I was, I was studying design at college and then 
kind of blended into a career of, of graphic design and art direction and stuff like that and yeah kind of bled into each other a little bit yeah cool so were you part of i guess a like culture of tagging and that kind of thing was it easy to get out of that and go legit or was there kind of uh two sides to your thought process at that point i was, a, I was in a bit of a um like a crew like a graffiti crew um which also happened to be my best friends at the time and you know kind of just fell away from each other and therefore i kind of didn't really have to break away from graffiti as much as i wanted to like it wasn't like any kind of mm. um ms13 <laughs> you know blood in blood out kind of thing but no nah, i think like there's always been a bit of stigma amongst like graffiti writers and stuff like ones that are proper proper writers that will have this like a stigma against street artists or anyone that tries to make a living off street art mm. yeah i like always had that in the back of my head and my street art's always been a hobby and then it wasn't until i started getting paid like nice coin for it and i was like mm, i actually can make a pretty good career off this yeah so yeah so did you have to kind of get over that mindset or was it for you you actually said no nah, I, I don't i think that we should be able to pursue a lifestyle that's you know legitimate and healthy and not illegal and and do the things that we love and, and apply it to that part of the world yeah i mean it took me a while to get like to get out of the mindset of like going and painting stuff for free and then like it, yeah i don't know but it, it all at the same time i started having these thoughts early before before my graffiti career finished i was always thinking like mm, i hate my job i want to do something worthwhile and then i don't know i think it was a nice transition mm. for me i don't really think there was much of a there was much of a heavy thought process like i need to get out sure. of this or anything like it definitely felt like right place right time kind of things yeah that's good <laughs> i mean obviously like getting arrested is a nice way to to say cool enough's enough but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice little um a nice little milestone point total nudge is <laughs> <laughs> a, a kick in the face in the right direction yes i think um i was always kind of i when i started graffiti like i always wanted i always kind of knew that i wanted to make it big but i always thought that you had to make it big like underground before you right. can like pop your head above the surface kind of thing I always looked up to people who, like, there was, like, writers called, like, in crews that, like, such as, like, this guy called Demote. When I started coming into career, like, started coming into the graffiti career, he was someone that was, like, working with, like, Subi Jeans, and now he's working with, like, RVCA, and, and I was like, oh, cool, well, I want to do that. Maybe I can make my art career into, like, a graffiti career. And then, looking back retrospectively, it's like, it may have influenced a little bit, but I'm kind of glad that my graffiti career doesn't necessarily define my art style. That's cool. Now. So what was the process for you of finding avenues to turn this street art thing into a job? Like as far as making yourself look professional, taking commissions or whatever it might be, learning that side of it, the business side. The business side, yeah. I mean, like for me, business, like the business side, I'm still learning and I still learn every day. And I think there's always things, like there's always curveballs that are thrown at me like every week that kind of make me make me step up my professionalism and stuff, like things like contracts and things like terms and conditions and learning how to take clients to court, <laughs> former, former clients. But I think that like in regards to turning it into a career and making it professional, it did take a long time. I was always, like I said, I've always had that art flair and getting out of 
uh, graffiti was a little bit hard, but um, I did have a little bit of a portfolio coming out of it. Like I did my fair share of legal walls just as much as I did illegal walls. So I kind of had that to to use as a bit of a show and tell for clients and potential clients. Obviously, I have to do. I think I had to do my fair share of like free walls and stuff, like just to get that much more noticed. Sure. Um, yeah, it it definitely took a while, and like it bled into my career as well. So like, whilst I probably started graffiti around like fifteen and stopped around nineteen, it wasn't till like two thousand and fourteen, like which was uh, I would have been twenty four. So would um two thousand fourteen, which I started. Mm-hmm like doing it proper professionally. So there was that little bit period in between where I had to do, like there was just maybe like one job every six months. Right. And then I'll just focus on like design work to get me through. Sure. So that's, I think the first time we've mentioned the design. So in looking for a a job that was more than just, uh, you know, managing bars and whatever, you were able to find some creative work that paid the bills as well. Was it advertising, I think? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think I just kind of hit a wall, um, maybe like socially and emotionally one day. And I was like, oh, I never really kind of followed this idea of art. And then I remember getting fired from Bunnings one day. I was like <laughs> managing this fucking tool section of Bunnings. And I was, just, I think I was painting. I even left that and I went to like paint some kids' faces. And I was like, I'm having way more fun painting these kids' faces than I am actually <laughs> working my, my, my job. And... I I got fired from there, from Bunnings, and I remember leaving home, and I was like, sorry, leaving from the job, and I was like, I'm not even mad. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I started, uh, I was I was designing a little bit on the money, uh, sorry, I was designing a little bit for money on the side, um, just like photoshopping my friend's band posters and stuff like that, and making the odd, uh, the odd logo, and. Mm-hmm. I've always been like a bit of a whiz on Photoshop anyway, just from like practicing as a kid. And so I wanted to kind of get into this field of design, which I thought, you know, could lead me to a bit more of a career of art. And um, I I applied for a bachelor's of design at Billy Blue. So I studied there for about two and a half, three years. And after that, I left and got a bachelor's and I started doing like design work, like freelance graphic design and and stuff like that. And I thought, well, that's not as creative as I want it to be. So mm-hmm. I went to ad school and got, um, or award school, sorry, and which is the same thing. But um, yeah, I went and got like a certificate for there and became an art director. And I still felt like it was watered down creative. And that's like the only way to to get out of like not feeling that way was just to do my own thing. And yeah, I just started going out on my own and that's why I used like a couple street art walls to to kind of quit everything and just bounce into my own little world and take on my own clients. That's really cool. Yeah. So can you look back at those experiences in I guess the corporate world and and see that you took things from that experience that you you know learnt a bit more about the business side that you could apply to your career as an artist? Um, I think a little bit like not so much the corporate side I think like like I said, a lot of the stuff that I've learned, I've had to learn myself and teach myself and like learn from experience, like step by mm. step and job by job. But even like hitting hitting deadlines and that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. I think, yeah, in regards to deadlines and like pitch documents, I think there's a lot of things that I've taken from advertising maybe that, I've, that I haven't, that I have more than compared to design. 
Mm. So like advertising taught me how to think a little bit outside the box and design maybe taught me like, and I've got maybe gave me an eye for photography or like an eye for design, but or like a massive font book. <laughs> but like, yeah, I think like I'm probably going to like, I like to say no, I didn't learn anything, but I know deep down that I did. So it's kind of hard for me to look yeah, at but look at it like backwards a bit. Um, but I, I'm not too okay sure that though. I took anything corporately. I don't think like yeah. anything on a corporate level. I think it's okay to look back and, and see that there was, you know, some good in that because there's probably a lot of artists out there who don't have any corporate or business background that struggle a bit more with hitting deadlines and communication and that kind of thing because you know artists are such free spirits and you know it's finished when it's finished or you know that kind of attitude um so to be able to to be able to you know have your bet have your business website and deliver Mm -hmm. on something that you've been commissioned to work on or even just the art of the pitch and you know designing something that is what people are asking for. I think that that's really a, a skill that can't be underestimated how important it is. I think that I like the pitch documents help me. And I think there's a lot of things that um, there's something that artists don't necessarily do is like a good pitch document and like good concept documents and stuff like that. Like I know that pretty much for most of my jobs, I'll send like, like a concept generation presentation. Mm. Like, so I, so I don't waste time actually on the design itself and spend most of my time figuring out what that, client wants do you know what i mean yeah as yeah, opposed definitely. to like putting a ton of time into the artwork itself and then they they get it and they're like oh this is completely not what we yeah want. yeah <laughs> you uh you failed yeah bye yeah and there goes like nah, for sure potentially years worth of of business that you could have had with that client if if it worked out better so yeah there's a lot at stake yeah sometimes. definitely well i think that if you kind of if you go that way and like go, oh, well, here's my artwork and then you kind of get a bit emotional when people say no as well and then from a client side, they're like, well, you've spent all this time doing this by yourself and you didn't actually talk to me. Mm. Like, I don't know. I think maybe I've worn the shoe on the other foot. Yeah. So, I kind of know what what to expect. That's cool. So, we can probably talk about some of the, probably the cooler jobs that you've been able to be part of just from like looking at your background there's been some yep. pretty sweet stuff like working with Foo Fighters, Neil deGrasse Tyson, yeah, like Ed Snowden and and yeah. the wrestling stuff. So let's go through how those types of jobs have come up and what it's been like to work with some of those types of, of um talent. I think the 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 best client I've got to date, um well two of the best clients actually, um they pretty much dictate all my work I've got right now, like maybe eighty percent of it is um, Young Henry's and mm-hmm. Pro Wrestling Tees um, based out of Chicago. Um, Young Henry's, yeah, I think, like, I reached out to them uh, about two, maybe two and a half years ago. And I was like, hey, I drink your beer. I want to work with you. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow that that really registered. Yeah, I've done some pretty memorable jobs from them, like, working with MTV and working with Foo Fighters and working with like a number of bars around Australia, even as far as like doing a pretty cool mural that they commissioned exclusively to appear on My Kitchen Rules. And then I was watching telly the other, like the other <laughs> month and seeing my mural like in the background of everything. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah. So that's, that's a bit of a favorite of mine. Like I love working with them and I think like it's nice having a client that's, that not only thinks 
like you, but is also completely down to earth as well. Mm. Like I'm friends with most of the guys now too. Like I'll pop in and have a chat and we'll just message each other, message each other from every time to time, go and catch up for a beer whenever I'm in Sydney. And yeah. That's really cool. Um, yeah. They're great guys. And pro wrestling tees. Yeah. Pro wrestling tees are, they give me so much freedom. It's crazy. They'll send me a wrestler and go, hey, give me as many designs as you can come up with. <laughs> so, <laughs> some, so, like this month, for example, we've got like two guys that are, um, are leaving a big company and it's pretty secretive and they're like, yeah, we trust you. Um, give us as many designs as you want. And mm-hmm. then I'll go, all right, how about 20? Like, right, if you can do 20, do 20. <laughs> so it's kind of nice as well. Yeah. And I guess like getting to create stuff that you're interested in as well like it's, it'd be one thing to get commissioned to work on i don't know a logo for a company or to yeah to do something like that but to actually be able to do designs that you would want to wear yourself as a wrestling fan would be pretty cool honestly that's my entire approach like on the logo subject itself like i i've got to the point now where i've done like over over 150 logos and like they're all they're all being they've all been up there for me. Like they've all been just as good as the last. And now it's gone to the point where I can pick and choose what logos and stuff I want to do. Like I turned down so much design. It's crazy. I just don't want to get my, my hands dirty with that kind of stuff anymore. Like I don't do graphic design as much as I would like two Mm. years ago. But in regards to like what I want to wear, that's pretty much my entire, entire influence. I don't design anything I wouldn't wear. And then I think that kind of registers with a lot of the wrestlers that I work with and a lot of the brands that I work with as well. My whole approach is, would I wear this? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, I'm just I'm sending it off. Yeah. And is it New Japan Wrestling that's the, the bigger bigger client? Um, I've, had a fa- I've had a large amount of work from New Japan. That's all been through pro wrestling tees. And now, right. and now, they're st- now New Japan is starting to come, come through me directly which is kind of nice, but I think majority of my work has been just on the indie scene itself. Mm. So like I've designed for a bunch of the American guys like Young Bucks and Cody and like Marty Skull and all those like Ring of Honor guys and and now they're in AEW and now I'm starting to make a bit of a, a splash in the Australian scene, which is kind of nice because it's right near home. Working with like Robbie Eagles and the freshly signed NXT Jonah Rock and like all the guys from Adelaide, like Rat Daddy and Nick Golfus, and um, now it's gone to the point where these wrestlers are showcasing how how much my design oversells anyone else at the merch stand. Wow. So they're like, oh, okay, well maybe I need a piece of that action, and then they'll get something from me, and then they'll sell out. So now my designs are are really starting to speak for themselves. That's so cool. It's almost like a I don't know, like a grassroots movement, like like, like the punk scene in the seventies or something. Yeah, yeah, I'm so inspired by that stuff too. Yeah, I think you can. Oh, hopefully you can see it through all my designs. I definitely go for that like nice punk approach. Mm. Yeah, no, it's it's nice designing for like something like for wrestling as well. Considering that um, my fiance tells me off for watching wrestling all the time. <laughs> now you've <laughs> got an excuse. Like, yeah. Yeah, I'm doing homework. Leave me alone. <laughs> Five hours of homework. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I've, I've, watched, I've watched wrestling all my life, so I think it's like it's extremely nice to do something that I'm so invested in as well. Mm. Now I can claim tax on watching wrestling. <laughs> yes, WWE Network. Yeah, ten dollars a month. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fly over to uh, to WrestleMania. That's a tax write-off. Oh, man, I definitely got to write that off on tax. That'd be sick. Yeah. My goal, my goal is I want to get invited to WrestleMania. That's what I want. I don't want to pay for a ticket. <laughs> I want to get to the point where I'm invited. Yeah, you got to have goals. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'm try- I've been trying to put my my name into Uncle Uncle Paul's pocket, Triple nice. H's pocket, so I can design yeah. for NXT. But we'll see if that happens or not. Cool. So, as far as landing some of those jobs that you've mentioned there, what was the process to get to that point? Because you know you've left the advertising agency, you've started to yep. do some work that gives you a bit more exposure. Was it just a, a body of work that reflected the style they were after and you happened to be the, the one that they picked out? Or was it through networking that you'd been able to make connections and, and have it pitched in that sense? Uh, I'm, I'm a massive believer in, in networks, but I'm not a massive believer in networks when it comes to like my success. Like I've, I, I don't know many people. Like I know people now, but like when it comes to me looking at a reason why I kind of came successful knowing people's not one of them i just um i put it all down to you know hard work and and reaching out and whether it was like right time right place i do a lot of reaching out and i don't think a lot of people do that maybe it's come through like my pitch documents and stuff like that and it's definitely got something to do with my body of work because i've been chasing that like you know that whole thing of i want my work to speak for itself i've been chasing that for a long time so in order to get there like i've had to i i'm I believe in like doing at least one thing every day. So like I'll try and post like a design every day. If I, if I'm quiet, I'll do something for free and just still post it. So regardless, I'm, I'm always doing something. So when, when clients look at my work, they're not going to go like, Oh, he worked for this person. He worked for that person. They're going to look at my, my art and then go, okay, well, you know, it's what we want. You know, I reach out to a lot more people than I, that I'm successful with so I definitely get turned down a lot whether it's through like just being ignored or whatever but I, I was like the law of a uh, law of averages kind of shows me that if I reach out like 10 times I'm bound to get picked once do you know what I mean yeah yeah so, definitely <laughs> so if I reach out to 100 people that's 10 jobs <laughs> I found similar things with just like doing this podcast I might invite five or six people at once and hope that I'll hear back from one of them and then yeah you know a couple of months passes by and you can always go back to those people again or yeah, absolutely. hit up people who, who who they might have said that they were interested but it wasn't a good time and then you just have to like kind of keep mental tabs on all these different options. Yeah, no, 100%, definitely. Like I've reached out to the same client like four times and heard nothing. doesn't stop me from doing it again in six months. I don't know, maybe that's something that advertising taught me is just to be annoying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just persistence, no, hey? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Yeah, I feel like it is people who have dipped their toes into a bunch of different worlds that often have the best best kind of skill set at the end of it, especially yeah, when yeah. they've excelled in one of them and you've obviously excelled in the design sense. What was the kind of process of developing your style? And I'm guessing that you had to go from, uh, you know, spray cans to textures and pens or, or <laughs> whatever it might be you know yeah. graphic design you, you've obviously got this breadth of skills that you can apply to whatever you need for that particular style right yeah when it comes to design and stuff like me and me and my best friend at college we used to have group projects and we used to like exclusively not work with anyone not like a mean girls thing like you can't sit with us but more <laughs> so like a we like each other's work and 
we don't really like yours. <laughs> um, so like together we just like we were just nerds of design. Like we quickly found each other and we were just like just like nerding out on typography and like all these design blogs. So like we weren't necessarily getting taught through our college like what looks good. We had to kind of find out on our own. So we kind of gravita- gravitated towards each other just by becoming design nerds. And then so that's kind of led into a little bit of my style just by like geeking out on on like what fonts look good and you know what type of fonts work better with this like is it a serif or is it sans serif or is it um like black letter or is it you know something hand drawn or is it like that so like that's kind of bled into my style a little bit in regards to like taking stuff from my graffiti like there's elements that can bleed through like i just did this um uh, illustration for young henry's and bar luca which was like a hemp burger yeah and (laughs) i kind of borrowed elements from my graffiti style like my cartoon style to create like a version of cheech and chong to represent like the hemp burger but so there's elements that bleed through my graffiti but the style i've got now like this black work comic book looking style i've always read comic books like ever since i was a kid like just nerding out on spider-man and and just like collecting, you know, more comic books that I know what what to do with, and so I've always had that inspiration of like, I, I like my stuff to look like this, and so I was always I'm always a massive fan of like, um, Todd McFarlane and and Frank Miller, and um, just like all the, the all the like nineteen eighties Marvel comics that just look so danky but like heavy black work, so like I borrow stuff from things that I like going back on the thing of like, you know, um, I wear what I want to wear, like on my old design, what I want to wear. So yeah, there's that. And then I've always, I was kind of shown how to draw digitally, like on Wacoms and stuff. I was always kind of taught to be like clean and crisp because that's what people want. And people want like crisp, sharp designs that, you know, work well on screen printing that look good for bands and stuff. But I've got so much anxiety that I have to drink so much coffee all the time. And so therefore, like when I try and draw, my hands are a little bit shaky. And so like when I draw, like I'll draw, try and draw a straight line and it's like the pressure sensitive thing from the, from the Wacom and the tablet will take over and like, I don't know, just doesn't really work that well. And that gives it a different look. <laughs> yeah. I've kind of developed this like imperfect style. That's cool because it's, it's you, like it's personal. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I'll borrow elements from things that I like and, and my experiences. It's kind of like a, I like to look at my style as like, um, like where I've been and what I like. Yeah, I could see from so. looking through your website, there's like a strong influence from like nerd culture and and uh, wrestling, obviously, and yeah. that kind of thing. So that's pretty cool. It's yeah. it's definitely up my alley. When I was when I was a kid, I was yeah, that's what I think. I was like, I just want people like I want to draw people in that I think that think like me and that like you know you know surround yourself with people that are like you so if i attract nerds that like that i can geek out over like avengers endgame with mm. and that's what i want i don't want to like i don't want to design for people that have mm. no interest with what i'm doing absolutely no <laughs> but yeah when i was when i was a kid though like i used to read all these comic books and stuff like i said and like into all this really nerdy shit and i was get i got picked on it like now it's crazy that nearly 29 and like all this stuff that i used to get picked on for is now in mainstream pop culture so mm. I, I love that it's shit. not only in mainstream but it's like the at the top <laughs> of the mainstream like when we were just talking about yeah. avengers endgame and 
we both saw it yesterday, I think, and like there was at least ten times yeah, during yeah. that movie where people clapped and cheered, like they they would yeah. not do for yeah. anything else, except for maybe Star Wars, you know. No, no way. Yeah, Star Wars is probably the other one where people lose their shit over. Yeah, like it, like didn't Captain Marvel just make like a billion dollars? Yeah, I don't know. Probably, this might make two billion. <laughs> yeah, oh legit, it definitely will be. So what would you say has been the hardest part of getting to the point you're at as far as, you know, developing the skills, but also building up a reputation and delivering to some pretty big clients, you know, like not dropping the ball and and just pushing forward every time you can. I think the hardest thing is is probably probably me. Hey, Mm. um, I think the hardest thing is like, you know, kind of fighting my own battles and my own mental battles and um, telling the bank to lend me another $100 for the week. <laughs> um, I think the hardest thing has just been like inconsistent pay and like and just telling myself that it's going to be all right and then it'll, it'll work out later. It's uh, it's definitely definitely hard working as a, a self-employed artist, but it's one of those things you just got to watch enough motivational videos that tell you that it's going to be all right. <laughs> yeah. I can't even tell you how many times I've listened to like Dwayne the Rock Johnson's video saying it's going to be all right. <laughs> okay, cool. Thanks, Dwayne. <laughs> That's cool, though. Like, it's a brave thing to do. I think to quit what sounds like a, a pretty like well-paying job in that industry of of advertising or whatever it is to just go off your own bat and generate all of your own income and generate all of your yeah. own clientele. Uh, and it's you definitely know, scary, hey? Yeah, and there can be long periods of time with any kind of freelancing artist or writer or whatever it is where there might not be anything being paid to you and you're working on something for a long period of time to get that payoff at the end of it too so very tough and and i'm glad that it's it's worked out for you and there's probably a lot of like not a lot of people that you knew that had been there before you to give you advice yeah it was was kind of funny too like i I always looked up to some artists and stuff that that i thought were were full-time the full-time artists that were just doing their own thing and now that I went full-time, they're, they're looking at me going, hey, I'm ready to make that full-time job. Tell me how to do it. And it's like, but that's what I thought you were doing. And then it turns out they weren't doing that. So I have like very, very high goals, maybe sometimes unachievable goals that I don't care how I'll do it. I just want to be there. Hmm. So but it's kind of like that rock star mentality. I was having a chat to my fiance about this morning. She's like, yeah, but why do you want to have that? Like, why do you want to be so rich and famous? And I was like, uh, I don't know. Because... <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, yeah, just cause. So what advice do you give people now if you're talking to someone that wants to do art full time, that wants to make it into a business after being a hobby for quite a while? I don't know. Like there's no real, real good advice anyone can give that like... That works for everyone. Yeah. 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 Because everyone's different. Just take, just depends if you want to, you know, take it on board or not. But mm. like the biggest thing for me is just like be yourself. And that sounds so cheesy, but like <laughs> if you look at my style, I'm literally like making what I like <laughs> yeah, and you know, like reach out to clients that you want to work with. Like I'll, I'll only work with like ethical and moral companies as well. Sure. Stuff that I know that are making a difference like wrestling companies. <laughs> <laughs> is that um, a luxury you have now or is that a, something that you would have held true when you were just starting out and trying to get paychecks? Oh, nah, man. Like I, Nah, definitely. I definitely took some my fair share of <laughs> some some bad jobs. Okay. I, like, yeah, I've um, I remember like working in an ad agency, and I was like, I got given this um, this like factory farm kind of lamb 
like like a lamb job and i don't know i'm not too sure if it's a, if there's a big secret but i don't eat any i don't eat meat right. and so i got given this job and i was like oh i don't know whether to do it or not and then basically it was, it, it, i was broke and now i came down to like if i don't do it someone else will do it so mm-hmm. um so that's what i mean like there's no real good advice to give anyone <laughs> um besides you know be yourself i guess yeah um, no, that makes sense though like you think of any successful artists with their own defined style and it's always just them you know it's it's not yeah anything else it's just a reflection of their personality or their interests and yeah it feels like that's what like for you yeah like i'm a, like it might be a bit controversial but like i'm a massive fan of like conor mcgregor right and mm-hmm. so like there's this good quote that conor mcgregor's got and he's like i'm not talented i'm obsessed so like i may not look at myself as being the best artist in the world but I definitely have that mentality of like, well, I'm just going to keep going until like my name echoes in people's heads. Like when people think of artists, they, I'm one of the few that they say, hmm. do you know what I mean? So like, that's probably the advertising blood in me that will like, mm-hmm. just wants to keep eating. Yeah. Now that's definitely, I think an attitude that would help in your industry. Yeah. Just think there's so many artists out there and it's like, uh, how can I stand out? Uh, well, I'm not the best, so I'm just going to do the most. Mm. So, cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely I'm not a bad artist. What a pitch! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to give you the best art, but I will give you twenty different options. <laughs> yeah, that sounds really bad when no one's in my shit, but that's all right. <laughs> nah, it's all good. Okay, so the last question I've got for you, Jesse. I ask everybody this: if you could do anything and know that you wouldn't fail, what would you do? Oh man, I'll be a pro wrestler. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. I'd be like Mick Foley and just like jump off cages and stuff. Yeah. Um, what would be your gimmick? My gimmick would be a designer that's designed for wrestlers that got disrespected. Yeah, I can see it. And now I'm taking my revenge out on wrestlers and wrestling fans and the wrestling industry. Yeah. So I'm coming in as someone who's trying to ruin wrestling. Someone that's like someone t- like ripped their shirt off and you took it personally. Yeah, yeah. What do you mean, man? Hulk Hogan? Just like... I, I didn't design that <laughs> shirt so you could rip it in front of him. Yeah, that's disrespectful, Hulk. Yeah. I hate you and I hate your malicious ways. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, Jesse. Um, I have to say I'm a big fan of the 8-bit Audio Technica t-shirt that you designed for us last hey. PAX. It's uh, something that me and many of my friends have taken away from that very memorable weekend and look forward to checking out some more t-shirt options with your awesome designs which i will be telling people to look at on your website you're amazing all right thanks so much man we'll uh we'll be seeing you on the wwe network very soon i'm sure (laughs) yeah just making a run-in and just bashing hulk hogan (laughs) i told you to keep that shirt on thank you for listening and thanks to audio technica you can catch jesse on twitter and instagram at j-e-s-w-r-i That's also his website if you want to check out some of his awesome designs. You can support this podcast, putting in work, over at patreon.com slash weare8bit. That's A-T-E-B-I-T. That is where you can support the 8-Bit Collective from as little as $1 a month, landing yourself some awesome swag and perks in the process, and supporting this community. But you can also leave an iTunes review and rating if you don't have some dollars to spare. You can follow me on Twitter at Jono himself. And until next week, keep putting in work.